Macabre enthusiasts, and welcome to In the Mood for Macabre, a podcast that you can listen to when you're feeling in the mood for some true crime or paranormal occurrences that can make you shiver to your timbers. <laughs> anyway, this is your Macabre News, Sabrina speaking. And for today, as I mentioned in my very first episode, I will have a very special guest here. For today, we will be having someone, a Macabre News guest. Or, okay, she's another macabre news, but I'm still the main macabre news. Okay, anyway, so for today, we will be having Danielle Padilla. Joke. <laughs> Sorry, guys, we can't, we can't afford celebrities here. Okay, so we're going to be having our dear friend, Danielle. Okay, hi, Danielle. Hi. Hi, say hi to the listeners. Hi. <laughs> Okay, so Danielle, may I ask, what are you here for? Something about the Winchester house. <laughs> Why, yes. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> gosh, it's okay, girl. Let loose, no. let loose. Mm. Okay, I think this is Danielle's first time podcasting. Have you listened to a podcast before? Nope. <laughs> she's never listened to a podcast and right now she's recording a podcast with me as what daniel mentioned she's here to talk about the winchester mystery house which i already put in the title what this podcast episode is all about so what's with the winchester house well do i have some tea for you guys so just a little bit of reminders here so i know listeners you guys can be can be paranormal enthusiasts you guys can believe in the paranormal but i do know that there are some listeners out there who are a bit skeptical over the paranormal and that's okay we will try to cover as much explanations as much theories as possible as to how it is possible that it's paranormal how it's possible that it may be of natural occurrences that can be easily mistaken for the paranormal so we're gonna get you covered and once again as i've mentioned trivias pop quizzes they're always here right mm-hmm. it's gonna be really fun yeah <laughs> she's nodding right now okay don't don't take the silence as a no. She's nodding right now, okay? So, come on. Sit back, relax, and let's get in the mood. So, Dang, mm. what do you know about the Winchester Mystery House? Um, we'll see it's about... I forgot the name of the lady who owns it. But it's a continuous construction of the house while she was alive. Like, it's not mm-hmm. For what I can remember, it was... They, a psychic who told her to continue mm-hmm. building the house mm-hmm. or else she's gonna have bad luck after like that so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and also Wait, mm-hmm. supernatural occurrences now in the Winchester's house so yeah Ooh, <laughs> supernatural occurrences exciting <laughs> so exciting so riveting anyway as as an architect pala mm. as an architect how do you find the architecture the designs in the winchester house for me it's unique it's mm-hmm. not your or 
your typical house or whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, that's how it was constructed. It's nonsense. But very mm-hmm. intriguing. Okay. So, as you've mentioned, so, Winchester Mystery House, it's widely known as this enormous mansion, right? In San Jose, California. So, like, as ginormous, it covers around 24,000 square feet, if I remember correctly. And although it's big, it's not the only reason why it's become so famous after all this time. So, to give you guys an image, this house has this Victorian vibe to it. Since construction had begun in 1886 during the Victorian era and has reportedly been under construction until the death of its owner, Mrs. Sarah Winchester, for 38 years. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like 38 years <laughs> building. Actually, no, there's more. <laughs> there's more? Wait, you have to tell me about that later. Okay. Uh, but it's not Winchester, like another architecture. More yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. You can tell me more about that later. Okay. Okay. So, legend has it that Mrs. Sarah Winchester, heiress to the Winchester Firearms Company, moved to California in fear of the spirits who wished to harm her as a result of their deaths in the hands of those who used the Winchester rifle. So, she started building a house that was in quote, ever building, end quote, to confuse these evil spirits and spare her from retribution, apparently. So over the years, the house has become a tourist attraction wherein paranormal enthusiasts and investigators alike explore and figure out the mysteries of this house. Multiple reports of weird, unexplained activity occur that further heightens the mystery that this house possesses. So we are here to discuss the history of this house, along with the owner, Mrs. Sarah Winchester, reported unexplained activity and the attempts to capture concrete evidence to give light on whether there is a world out there beyond what is known. Okay, Dang. Time to talk about Mrs. Sarah Winchester. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. She was born as Sarah Lockwood Party in 1839. Some sources say 1840. She was born in New Haven, Connecticut, and the fifth of seven children. Her father, Mr. Leonard Party, managed a city bathing house and found success as a carriage manufacturer. Not much was mentioned about Sarah's mother, Mrs. Sarah Burns, so the mom was also named Sarah, the daughter was named Sarah. I wonder how the household was like, Sarah, both old ladies were like, yeah. But according to Biography.com, Sarah's father ran a progressive household and would often entertain prominent abolitionists, free thinkers in his house during that time. So there were rumors that some of her relatives were Freemasons. So do you remember, like, Freemasons? No. Forgot. <laughs> okay. Um, to give you an idea, Freemasons, you remember that there are some secret societies in... Europe um, or different places. Yeah. So like you have your Freemasons and all that. Secret society. Mm-hmm. La, 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 la. Uh, please don't come after us. <laughs> if you're listening, don't come after us. We're just mentioning what's on the internet. We don't know. We know nothing. Anyway, so growing up, Sarah became this great accomplished woman in society during those days. So growing up, she was at 4 feet 10 inches and at 95 pounds. And 
At the age of 12, she already knew how to speak four languages, mainly Latin, French, Spanish, and Italian. She was quite proficient in musical composition, the classics, math and science, so classics. She was a, she was known to be an avid fan of Shakespeare and Homer. And during this time, women in academics weren't really given a hoot about, but when Yale University, or back then known as Yale College, had a female scholastic institution, Sarah was one of the few who was admitted to the program. So, yeah, you go, girl. During her stay in the institution, I was told that she was surrounded with a lot of Baconian Masonic philosophies, and this influenced her a lot. So I'm mentioning this because this apparently has some influence in her building the house. A lot of her professors and relatives, as I mentioned, were Freemasons. Her schoolmates were related to Francis Bacon, so she was heavily, she was really influenced by it. Mm-hmm. Okay. According to author and historian Ralph Rambo, who knew Sarah personally, he believed that Mrs. Winchester was a theosophist. So a theosophist, one of the beliefs of that philosophy was that they viewed the universe as, quote-unquote, a vast living organism in which all things are likened to individually evolving units or cells that comprise a greater universal synergistic body that is ever building. So sounds familiar? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Wala. <laughs> Yun lang. Okay, 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 okay. All right, all right. Sige. Okay, so the universe being likened to individually evolving units or cells that is ever building. So let's try to keep that in mind as we go along with the story. So on September 30, 1862, when Sarah was 22 or 23 years old, she and a fellow New Haven resident, William Winchester, got married. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, based on reports, these two people most likely knew each other since childhood. Ah, childhood sweethearts! <laughs> so, so, William Winchester. Okay, rich guy. Rich guy who was being groomed by his father to take over the Winchester Davis shirt factory. So, William's father... Oliver Winchester, was also in charge of a firearms business called the Winchester Repeating Arms Company in 1866 after taking control of the Volcanic Arms Company. Eventually, the family business was all about the firearms business as William soon sold his interest in the shirt company and went to work for the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. So, the most famous rifle produced... The Winchester Model 1873 Rifle, well known as the gun that won the West. And if you were able to manage to get that name for a rifle, you'd better know you did a good job with the business. So people like Buffalo Bill Cody and Annie Oakley, I don't know if you know these people, but they're very well known in American history. They love their Winchester rifles along with former U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt. However, it was the same notorious rifle that had brought devastation among the Native Americans at that time. So it was known that during the wars that transpired against the colonists and the natives, the the Winchester rifle was usually used for that. And a lot of people died. So this has something to do with what's going to happen later on, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, same year that the firearms business was established, Sarah gave birth to a daughter named Annie. 
So Annie, she wouldn't live to more than six weeks due to marasmus. Now, what is marasmus? Trivia time! I researched about marasmus pala. And based from online articles, this is a form of malnutrition wherein the intake of nutrients and energy is too low for their needs. So this leads to wasting. So marasmus is often seen in babies who are breastfeeding when the amount of milk is markedly reduced or more frequently in those who are artificially fed. So listeners, if you know babies, if you know babies, take note. Make sure they're not wasting, okay? They're not being wasted away. The more you know, guys, mm-hmm. I don't know, but anybody who's probably having, like, a test on pediatrics tomorrow, they might actually use that information. <laughs> so since Annie Winchester, the Winchesters wouldn't have another child in their midst. Annie died in 1866, and... The next death would happen in 1880. So Oliver Winchester had died at 70 years old in 1880. And during his death, his son William was already sick with tuberculosis for a long time. And it only took a few months before William Winchester died of tuberculosis. After the death of her husband and her father-in-law, Sarah inherited 50% stake in the company. So big money millions of dollars she's a millionaire but the supposed love of her life is dead mm-hmm. so so she has the money and it was reported that she made a contribution to a certain area at the new haven yale hospital that specializes in pulmonary cases so this would be known as a winchester chest clinic and would still continue to exist to this day because her hubby died of tuberculosis. Oh. So in memory. <laughs> According to legend, after her husband died, Sarah was bereft and amidst her grief, sought the services of Adam Koontz, who was a famous Boston medium and would do seances with him. During one of the seances, Sarah was informed that the deaths of her husband, daughter, and father-in-law were retribution and that her fortunes were cursed by the spirits of the ones who perished from the Winchester rifle. The only way that she could appease these spirits was for her to move west, build a house, and never stop building. As in 24-7, 365 days a year for her entire lifetime because if she doesn't, she dies. Okay, so when she heard that, she was like, okay, I gotta get out of here. (laughs) Take me out of here. Okay, and and so she moved west. So in 1886, Sarah bought a 40-acre plot of land in San Jose, California. So this had an eight-room cottage where she would then rebuild into the mansion over her lifetime. So the total cost back then was around $5 million back then. And it is estimated to be at around $71 million today. It's it's big money. It's huge money. But can you imagine? I think there are more expensive houses right now in California. More expensive mansions probably cost like $100 million, I guess. So like, I don't know. It's like right now. Or even... Like, only the house, or how about the furniture? I think that's that's combined already. 
Mm. If you're gonna get a house, if you're gonna build a house, it's like seventy-one million dollars. I think there would already be furniture, even the plot of land. I think is already included in it. Mm. But if you think about it, real estate in California, so expensive. Yeah. To give you guys an idea as to how big this house is and how you could manage to maintain such an estate, like, can you imagine the amount of cleaning you're gonna have to do in this house? It's just a lot of work. Anyway, I mean, if if that's your thing, living in a huge house, just expect that you're gonna be cleaning a lot. Unless you're rich and you can afford people to clean it for you. I digress. I'm gonna give numbers. In total, the house occupies 24,000 square feet, has 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors, 160 rooms, used to be around 500 to 600 rooms, but ended up at 160 due to constant remodeling, 40 bedrooms, 52 skylights, 47 stairways and fireplaces, 17 chimneys, 13 bathrooms, for 160 rooms, like 13 bathrooms, Sarah. Six kitchens, so a lot. Like I don't know how many families can fit this house, but I'm gonna tell you for sure, the number of bathrooms is not enough. That's not enough. So according to legend, Sarah built, 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 built the house every night. She would wake up at 12 midnight and hold a seance to receive building instructions from spirits. So they'd have a Ouija board, a planchette, and robes to wear for the ritual within a seance room. At 12 midnight, she'd wake up, open the seance room, begins the ritual slash spiritual meeting. And at 2 a.m., she'll ring the bell as a way to gesture to the spirits to flee. There's only one entrance to the room and three exits, with one door leading to a drop to the kitchen, reportedly for the spirits to be confused and to never find her. So, bye spirit, go down to the kitchen. (laughs) Don't forget to get some cookies along the way. (laughs) Okay, so... So Sarah, she was taking every little detail from the spirits into the building design, even the weird stuff, so as to confuse the evil spirits. And apparently, if she didn't follow them to a T, she's gonna suffer and die. At one point, she was the one who was already designing how it goes instead of the contractors she hired. So some of her remarkable works included a skylight embedded on the floor... A staircase leading up to the ceiling and a door that leads to nowhere. By the door leading to nowhere, just to give you an idea, it's this door that when you open it, it literally leads you to the outside world. But the thing is, this door is like a few stories away from the ground. So if you open it and you run through it, you will fall and you will die. (laughs) <laughs> lesson of this entire series so dangi pop quiz <laughs> okay during your tour in the winchester house there was a number that always popped up when it comes to the number of items that house objects have what is the most often brought up number inside the house oh my god <laughs> um, 13 <laughs> Right. Oh, she's smart. The correct answer is number 13. 13. So Mrs. Sarah Winchester was also known to be fixated on the number 13 and applied that in a number of items in the house. So 
There are 13 steps in a staircase, 13 rails in a railing, 13 windows in one room, 13 lights in a chandelier. And I remember sharing an episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved. Like, they showed this room where they had these glass windows or something. And they had these precious stones on the glass windows. And they were, there were 13. Okay? There were 13 stones there. So Sarah would have people over to construct the house, take some stuff down, rebuild stuff according to her very elaborate plans for the next 38 years until she died in her bedroom at the age of 83 due to heart failure. So that is the story of Sarah Winchester. Now, we've heard the legend behind it. Now let's let's talk about some facts based from the research that I did. Okay. Okay, so based from the timeline of events, Sarah began touring around Europe for 3 years after her husband had died. So this kind of contradicts the whole Adam Coons tells her to go move west because she's being haunted by evil spirits. Like immediately after the death of her husband, because her husband died in 1881, but she didn't move to San Jose until 1885. So for three years, she traveled around Europe. A lot of people speculate that she also interacted with some Freemasons in the area because she has some connections with the Freemasons. And upon moving to San Jose in 1885, she moved apparently for a fresh fresh start, change of scenery, new hobbies to have because she was somewhat depressed with her extended family members in the state. Mm-hmm. So at least she would be surrounded with family. And I think during this time, dur- during this time in California, there weren't a lot of things going on, right? Yeah. Like I know during that time, California had a lot of land and it's very different compared to the East Coast where everything's busy with the colonies and all so i think she she wanted like a more laid-back scenery Mm. and and also the building in real life wasn't actually constructed 24 7 365 days for 38 years chop chop all that there were a few months when construction was halted according to some letters exchanged between sarah and her relatives anyway as for regarding the seance room by the way i Okay, so the whole basis is that she's going to hold a seance at 12 midnight. She's going to summon the spirits. And afterward, at 2 a.m., she's like, bells. Okay, spirits. Bye. It's time to go. It's 2 a.m. You can go now. Bye. Like, I don't know. Like, in a, in a paranormal standpoint, can you tell a spirit to leave once you open the freaking portal? <laughs> like, I've done my fair amount of research in paranormal stuff to know that once you open a portal it's kind of hard to close it and that you can't just say okay bye i don't know like how about you what do you think uh same like same <laughs> you can i don't know man. like you can't ask them to leave like why yeah <laughs> why would yeah. they they're out so like why would we go yeah, they're out and about. Yeah. yeah, like, I'm free! I'm gonna party here! <laughs> like, wee! Door to nowhere! <laughs> door to nowhere! Let's go to door to nowhere! Oh, there's a skyline in, in the floor! Let's go! Wee! <laughs> there are cookies in the kitchen! <laughs> if you're a skeptic, though, if you're a skeptic, like, I, I know you're probably thinking BS, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just... 
Oh, she goes to a seance room. She receives information from the spirits. I thought she was escaping from spirits. And she's summoning spirits. So, I don't know. Um, Okay, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think from a, par- from a paranormal standpoint. That maybe the line of thinking here is that the good spirits that she's summoning are helping her get away from the evil spirits by helping her build the house. But I just don't think that you could select which kinds How, of spirits you yeah. would allow to enter the Ouija board. Like, okay, yeah. uh, like, it's kind of like, hey, calling the good spirits only, not the naughty spirits. Because anything can just flow there based from what I have researched from the paranormal standpoint. And if ever, if she's going to summon a bad spirit, it just doesn't make sense because... The bad spirits are gonna like, okay, do this so that I won't be able to keep track of you and you'll lose me. Like, bad spirits, you're so thoughtful for devising this house, for helping me plan out this house so that you could get lost. <laughs> like, where's the logic behind that? And as I've mentioned, it wasn't build, build, build at a quick pace either. During the first few years, expansion was really, really fast. But it slowed down after an earthquake in 1906 because apparently the earthquake destroyed the seven-story tower and the upper floors of the mansion. So there was this room in a certain part of the mansion where, where Sarah used to sleep at called the Daisy Room. Because that part of the house was not repaired ever after the earthquake, she moved to a different room. And because they were damaged and needed repairing, apparently, according to reports, Sarah would spend almost the rest of her elderly life in a nearby home in Atherton rather than spending time at the house. Yeah, She wasn't even in the Winchester house. Some sources say that the reason why she kept her house under construction was because she didn't want any unwanted visitors and would use that as an excuse. Secretly hates you. Oh, you want to see me? No! I mean, I would love to, but no, I'm building. I'm, even even yet, wasn't she living in another house, if ever? Yeah. <laughs> Like, she could, like, lure the people thinking that, oh, Mrs. Winchester is there. Go search for her inside the house. <laughs> and all of, this, uh, all of a sudden, all this time, she was in Atherton. Okay. Mrs. Winchester, ever the mysterious lady. <laughs> Two decades later, Sarah Winchester dies of heart failure. But I can't find an exact source that mentioned where she died. It was just said that she died. It, and... Apparently, just legend that say that she died in the bedroom. Because a lot of people are saying that she spent most of her time, her elderly years, in the house at Atherton. There's like no concrete info that I could ever find that specifically writes that she died in the bedroom. It's it's more of like oral tradition. Mm-mm. Also, I just wanted to point out that Sarah had arthritis in the latter years of her life. Now, it didn't make sense for her to have a house that big and go through numerous rooms as a person with arthritis. Usually, if you have arthritis, you, you wouldn't want to move a lot because you're in pain. So you're most likely going to stay in a few select rooms where you can easily access items. So that's how I imagine it. But like a lot of the stuff there is not ergonomically friendly. There are these staircases that are very steep, like that form like this triangle. They're very steep, but there's also this staircase that is pretty short. 
apparently it helps a person with arthritis to go up and all that because like it's just smaller steps and all that okay it's smaller steps but it's the zigzag staircase by the way the zigzag staircase that is like um it's like several staircases especially as an older or an elderly adult they can easily get dizzy so i don't really i don't see the point <laughs> but apparently apparently there is a reason behind all of these things according to some research so as i've mentioned she had these baconian theosophist views so ever building which influences the construction of the house so aesthetics wise like that was her aesthetic and the use of the number 13 because usually the number 13 is seen in the number of items in the house and it is incorporated as a code rather than a fascination with the unlucky 13 figure apparently in a paranormal sense okay she's fascinated with 13 because occult stuff but in a skeptic's point of view she would use the pythagorean table for a code so mrs sarah winchester was fascinated with like codes and all that so her name sarah lockwood party would equate to the number 13 so it makes sense that if there are 13 staircases if there are 13 lights and all that it's kind of like this is my mark in this house because that's her name okay that's pretty that's pretty hardcore right like mm-hmm. <laughs> something that i also noticed part of the baconian theosophist masonic oh my god this is a lot <laughs> based from her influences and there were these ancient mystery schools that emphasized the tradition of initiate. So something like that. And you you like there are these underground or enclosed maze like structures and all that. Mm-hmm. So you have your mazes, you have your booby traps and all that. So they're speculating that the Winchester house was built that way as a well it's a mystery house but you know those um what are you remember those um those the those rooms I forgot you remember those rooms those mystery rooms escape rooms escape rooms yeah like mystery manila like escape room style like Aside from the absence of people in the mystery house, there are a lot of elements in the house that kind of has this labyrinthine style to it. And that if you go to this one area in order to escape, you'll find a door to nowhere. Or like, oh, look, there's a weird staircase that moves back and forth, back and forth. So it could also be like, oh, Sarah just wanted to build a house that was that carried on the tradition the influences that she had that she learned when she was younger and i think it also makes sense because she had a lot of money she had a lot of time she probably wanted to leave a legacy and the most important thing about sarah 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 if she moved west because she feared the spirits and she was escaping the spirits why was she still owner of the Winchester company? She was still the major stakeholder. Like, they never said that, oh, like, in order to appease the spirits that were trying to haunt her, like, wouldn't it help if 
she actually gave up her shares because she was partially responsible for the deaths of the those people who died right hmm. even though she gave, gives it up mm-hmm. like, i think in thinking of others that she's still a part of the winchester family mm. like even though you gave it up you're still part of it so yeah. you're part of this family you're cursed for life those are some stories with the paranormal standpoint in mind and the skeptic standpoint in mind okay mm-hmm. we're trying to welcome both sides of the story hello and let's move on to the reports okay so there were numerous reports of lights turning on by themselves disembodied voices and breathing heard nails being removed and dropping to the floor Temperature drops in the Daisy Room, the room where Sarah used to sleep in before the 1906 earthquake. Organ music playing from the Grand Ballroom, even though the organ is broken and there's no sound coming from it. Men in overalls around the boiler in the basement and a worker named Clyde who is seen pushing a wheelbarrow. Apparitions of Mrs. Winchester herself in her bedroom. Shadows in different rooms in the house. Supposedly the evil spirits that were confused by the setup of the room. And a big red orb of light that would explode and disappear inside Sarah's bedroom. Witnessed by a group of investigators according to the Unsolved Channel. Let's move on to the different investigations and evidences that were captured. Again, disclaimer, I'm not saying that this evidence is real af because uh, there's a lot of sketchiness going on with like how these these devices are able to capture the evidence or the auditory visual evidences, etc. But let's take it with a grain of salt and let's try to see what they have to say, okay? So a YouTube channel called The Haunted Side Paranormal Investigations, they were able to gather some evidences in the basement. They they noted that there were unidentified banging sounds. They also took an EVP from a digital recorder that either said run or won, but not in response to a particular question. Like, for example, how many of you are here? Like, this... Like, it didn't answer it that way. Like, it just randomly said, run or what? And then there was wood creaking in a room of concrete and static audio interference and disembodied voices upon exiting the basement. In the hallways, they were able to capture unexplained shadows by the frame of the camera. They also took note of banging. And when they were crossing a different hallway, they were able to capture what seems to be growling noises as they were crossing the threshold. While they were also crossing the threshold, they perceived an aggressive feeling, which then follows the growling sound that they heard. So if there's anything based from my former research, when there there's when there's growling noises involved, it's usually the sign of a demon. In the bedroom, they were able to capture static noises with the spirit box. So the spirit box, by the way, let me just orient people who aren't aware with the spirit box. Spirit box, it's kind of like a radio. Instead of like you're tuning into your like usual channel or whatever, you it, it sweeps across different radio frequencies. And 
it goes backwards. So technically, you can't really capture like a straight up word or straight up sentence if ever. That this is a theory, okay? This is a theory. So basically, what it's gonna do is it's gonna sweep through various radio frequencies backwards, and it would sweep in a one in a speed of one eighth or one tenth of a second. So technically, mm-hmm. the theory is if you were able to hear. Uh, sentences or even words coming from the spirit box when it's going through a rapid pace of of sweeping frequencies in one tenth of a second, then the chances are it's probably a spirit that's talking. Spirit or something paranormal. So that's the theory behind it. They were able to take out static noises with the spirit box. So like usually when the spirit box, if there's nothing happening, if there's not there's no outside outside stimuli it will just sweep like to do to do to do like that <laughs> i don't know how to like like the <laughs> like that and then um the usual thing you're just gonna hear like like that you won't hear like if ever you hear static noises or interferences then it's most likely something and if you hear words or if you hear voices and sentences it's most likely a ghost they also had the ovulus five It's the the monitor like thing they, that they use to like detect like signals and then whatever signal the ghost is sending like it's gonna display on the monitor words and apparently when they were sweeping the ovulus inside the room they were able to take note the words wings grace and rapture now these were the most prominent ones that surfaced like it kept repeating wings grace rapture. I will leave it up to the mystery. And they also heard disembodied moans from the spirit box inside the bedroom. And when they went outside, so they noticed that their batteries were drained. And when the batteries were drained, the word monitor appeared on the ovulus. So it's kind of like monitor. The batteries were drained from the monitor. So, And light orbs appearing from one corner to a person's ear. And... When one of the guys left the digital recorder inside the bedroom, they were able to record an EVP that says, Welcome to my home in a female voice. <gasps> Sarah, is that you? <laughs> so I also checked out the evidence presented by Ghost Adventure. So Nick, Zach, Aaron. This was in season five. I know they returned in season 12, I think. But I don't watch Ghost Adventures beyond season 10. So. <laughs> And they were able to gather some evidences. Like, for example, in the Grand Ballroom, their digital recorder recorded an unexplained female laughter caught. And the name of one of the investigators, Nick, was mentioned. So, like, it's a Grand Ballroom, right? Mm-mm. So, female laughter, maybe, like, dancing, joy. Yeah. And probably one of the girls saw Nick speculating here but it's and in the basement they heard unidentified banging sounds during an interview with one of the people who went on a flashlight tour in the winchester house uh only velis the paranormal investigator who was with his team of investigators this is in the ghost adventures series too so they were on a flashlight tour they were like guys guys let's go to a dark area let's hold an evp session And they were able to catch a male voice on tape. 
So when they let Zach hear this, Zach interprets this as, I feel like I'm just gonna cry upon hearing it. And there was also unexplained thumping in the hallway. So same area where the REM pod, so a REM pod is kind of like uh, this device that that shakes up if there's a spirit nearby or something. So technically, if you step near the REM pod, it's going to shake up. And if you're far away from it and then it shakes up, apparently it's a spirit. Okay, so unexplained thumping in the hallway where the REM pod had lit up and produced sounds. During that time, there was no sound that could trigger it go off. So the theory is the spirit must have been really close. In the bedroom, when Zach was taking a picture of Nick using a cell phone camera, so, okay, I'm gonna take a picture of you, and then after taking a series of photos, they were able to see, like, a, a light orb, like a white light orb that flew across Nick's face. That was in one picture only out of a series of pictures. And then when they saw it, they were like, okay, um, maybe this is something that is from Flash or like Windows, like a glare and all that. So they tried to like debunk it, but they couldn't really find something of that intensity to happen. So they're probably attributing it to something paranormal. They also measured temperature fluctuations using a uh, melmeter. So the melmeter, it's kind of like a thermometer slash energy reader, something like that, like a hybrid thing. And they measured that they were able to measure temperature drops after Aaron reports something cold. And there was an EVB that said enter while the investigators were talking about a portal. And Aaron also started feeling sick, nauseated, and getting chills. And while he was feeling that, there was an EVP that recorded a voice that said, Aaron, kill. Like, oh, don't come at him. Don't come at him. So, yeah, that's basically, like, the gist of what the Ghost Adventures crew were able to capture. Now, let's move on to BuzzFeed Unsolved crew. So, this is based on their recent visit to the Winchester House, their most recent visit. And they were able to record evidence, to find evidence in Tara's bedroom, the basement, the hallways, and the witch's cap, which is like an attic. So, in the bedroom, they used the spirit box, and they were able to take note of voices such as enough advice and you're a big dude <laughs> I, I don't know where <laughs> as far as i know based from what i've watched they weren't being said in response to a question it, it was just really random so i don't know make of it what you will in the basement they were able to capture some footsteps by one of their static cameras while nobody was inside the house so nobody was inside the house in a paranormal standpoint, oh my gosh, that's that's a ghost. But maybe skeptics would think maybe there is someone in the house. Like you can't leave a house that big without a caretaker, right? In the spirit box, when they were they were in the basement and they turned on the spirit box, they were able to capture someone saying hi. And then in the hallways, so third floor hallway. Using their static night vision cameras, they were able to capture what seems to be an unknown black entity. So when we refer to entities here, we're talking about anything, whether it be paranormal or not. So there's like this black circle coming at the camera during that time. So I, I just called it an entity, whatever it is. And in the witch's cap, so this seemed to be like a really active spot. When they were in the witch's cap, Shane and Ryan were able to capture a lot of voices from the spirit box. But a lot of them don't seem to be intelligible or seem to respond in a particular question to Ryan. 
in a particular question. Okay, I'm just gonna list down some some of the words that were captured. So like, one of the words you're saying, you're saying, drop those off. Just stay with Rick. Who is Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this is Patrick. <laughs> Okay, that that wasn't part of the no, like. I'm just making a SpongeBob meme. I'm her son. Ungrateful. What is that? Optimal. Okay, kid. They also noted some voices and screaming coming from the spirit box. Lastly, I also researched the ghost hunters. So the ghost hunters visited the site. And although they were able to take note of some unidentified banging sounds and some phantom smells, they weren't able to take note of visual or auditory evidence to support the claims that the house is haunted. So, I guess we could say that, okay, the first three investigations, they were able to capture evidence, but we have one that says, oh, we, we didn't get any. It's not total BS in the skeptic side you know because is they're probably saying that oh these instruments they these instruments they're glitchy they don't work they're sketchy but one of the investigators ghost hunters they weren't able to record anything they weren't able to film anything that is remarkable or could support the claims that the house is haunted or there's something paranormal so i guess you you could have like a good sense of if of whether this house is haunted or not or something that's it for the investigations. Okay, so right now, Manchester Mystery House, I think they're open during this pandemic, especially it's Halloween. So they might have some scary tours and all. So you guys, if you're down for some scary tours, you probably want to go there. Let's talk about Dear Dank's experience. Okay, so you apparently had a fun time. Yeah. Well, it was a long like, time ago. <laughs> Okay, how old were you? When was this? What year? I think I was 13, 14 that time. Yeah. Okay. Second year high school, so yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I went there, vacation, so like I didn't know anything about that place. Okay, so you didn't know if it was a haunted place. Yeah. Well, just a- <laughs> Yeah, as in, I didn't know anything when I entered there. Classic tourist. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, there's this big house. Let's just go there. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, but but that's the usual thing that you do, right? When we're mm-hmm. tour, when we're going to a new country, what's what's the happiest place here? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the tour, the mm-hmm. tour guide was explaining things, and also I was just wandering off within the area with the with the tour group. I've noticed like every window, once you look through it, it's just a wall. Mm-hmm. So like oh. that's what I, I what I've been seeing, and all even the stairs, like it leads to nowhere, like another wall like that. Like there are some <laughs> areas na restricted, then so you're not allowed to enter there or go within that those boundaries. Why? Like they don't allow tourists to enter those rooms. Like only like, is, it, is, it, is it still like owned by whoever is running the tour house, or is it like privately owned? Because I heard that some of the areas are privately owned. That I'm not sure. Or maybe some of them are 
under construction, renovation, like that. So, yeah. same thing, same scenery. So, once there was also one room with a chandelier. Like, I've noticed it. Mm-hmm. I've noticed it go in the middle part of chandelier, the pointy part. I've noticed it from far away that it was slowly going down. So, and the worker asked us to go in, <gasps> sa, in the middle part. But I've already noticed that the, the, the tour guide didn't notice the pointy part was going down. Until na my little sister was... Like, how going down? Like, it was shaking or... No, it was, was slowly it... going down. The middle part? The, yeah, the pointy part of the chandelier. Like, you can imagine. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but, but not the entire chandelier. No. Okay. Like, it was slowly going down. That was they've only noticed it when I pulled my sister away from the chandelier. It was the only time that they noticed it it actually went down. Oh my god. Yeah. And you and I was surprised because the tour guide told us it was his first time seeing the chandelier like that. And so, how long has the tour guide been there? I forgot, but he's already old, so I think he was he's one of the senior tour guides already. You have any other weird things, experiences in the house? None. That's that's the most memorable part now for me when I went there. What do you think the reason behind that is? Based from you being there. (laughs) Loose screws. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't don't know. For me, as a designer perspective, for me, it's just a loose screw. Okay, and there you have it, folks. (laughs) So, a memorable experience where Dang's sister was almost hit by the middle of the chandelier. That is is so shocking, though. Yeah. I remember it a bit differently. In a way that you told me before, you moved your sister away from getting hit from something, but I didn't know that it was from a sharp object. From something yeah. that that could potentially be life-threatening. Yeah. <laughs> Although, like, in yeah. a way... It was a good thing it was slow. I guess slow. I understand slow. that... Yeah. Because if it, if it's it was fast... It's kind of weird that it's slow. Yeah. Well, maybe it's loose. Na, I mean, like, maybe it's loose, loose. Slightly loose. Alright. Probably slightly loose. Yeah. It's a, it's a big house. It's a big house. A lot of the stuff there Mm-mm. has been a lot of the stuff there has been built in the past. So probably renovations are needed to be done. Mm-mm. Some things need to be restored. Maybe because of the fact that it is a big house, like they couldn't cover everything. Mm. So probably like things like that happen every now and then. But up to you guys if you would perceive that as a paranormal occurrence. I don't know. How about how about you? Like, do you guys have anything weird, like any weird story in the Winchester house? Let me know. You can message me. We have a Gmail account, guys. You can message me about your experiences in the Winchester house at in the mood podcast at gmail.com. Just so that we could get a gist if if this is like a random occurrence for Dang or did one of you guys experience the same thing? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, because like if if it's something that is experienced by multiple people, it's like usually people would attribute it to paranormal occurrence. But I don't know. Like let's just let's just uh, mm-hmm. um provide some avenues for people. Okay, so final thoughts. So, Dang, do you think there is something paranormal occurring in the house? For me, fifty-fifty, because like there's an explanation for some occurrences. Mm-hmm. And there's some that there's no answer, so I'm still like not what? sure. Like in the one with no answers is in continuous construction of the house. Like I don't there for me there's no answer for why it's continuous. Next, for example, the creaking of the floors or mm-hmm. hearing things. Like some pe- there are people around the tour, so you can still hear from other tour groups really long like yeah there some there are some explanation for some occurrences like were you able to isolate one situation during your time at the Winchester house that you would say that's something Paranormal? that's something weird like that's not normal wait i think i remember like a particular situation thing. but there was i don't mean in, in shoot for the in parang mali- small uh, small elevator the manual manual shoot it's like a small elevator for like loads or oh a small elevator wood. where they transport yeah. goods yeah that i remember okay. there was yeah that in the room and doors and windows then i just saw mm-hmm. a black shadow going towards the shoot so like i asked Ate, like if she saw it parang she coming said, from no. where like peripheral view, eh? and there was no one beside me. That peripheral time. view, yeah. And I was it was just you and your sister. Yeah, yeah, like I saw that fast shadow from my peripheral view, and and at mm-hmm. as in no one's beside. I forgot if it's my left or right that time. But uh, in one side, no mm-hmm. one's beside me. Then the other, in the other side, were all the tour guys and my sisters were. So like when I saw it, like malamang I I went to that direction because I saw something. She was standing inside that room. There was nobody beside her, like both from the left and the right side, and she saw something move fast, like a dark shadow move fast coming from her peripheral view and going into the shoot. Okay, the shoot mm-hmm. that was transporting goodies from the different parts of the house. And she tries to reason it out. Okay, maybe it was someone else's shadow. But again, there was no one in the, in the room and it was going fast. No one is in the room except for her. And it was moving while she was just standing there. So it's definitely not her shadow. You were talking about your ate, right? Yeah. Because she was beside. But she was near me. Okay, so Dang's ate was was nearby, but she wasn't beside you. Mm-hmm. But do you think like those people in that area could have reached that part? Like their shadows could have reached that part? No, cause based from the sun sunlight or sun path, it was on the other side. <laughs> oh, they were on the other side. Yeah. So it's probably not. It's probably mm-hmm. not possible. Mm-mm. That their shadows would reach there, no. Yeah. Okay. So again, this <laughs> is 
it's interesting though because from the reports they noticed they also noticed shadows moving across the walls so mm. that's interesting to take note it is a mystery house okay it's it's mm-hmm. it's full of his it's full of history and mystery and all that oh, okay first and foremost i don't think that sarah received instructions from spirits because i just don't see which good spirits or bad spirits are going to come through the Ouija board i don't know but maybe her building continuously is kind of like a hobby like i i think i see it as a hobby like during that time there weren't and as far as i know there weren't that many female architects were there were there female architects back then like many female mm, architects back then there were none <laughs> not so much no, no there were not there, there weren't yeah. that many female architects back then and even if there were it was very rare right yeah Okay, this is just an opinion of mine. Maybe she had a hobby of architecture and all that. But of course, there were some mysterious items like, again, the door to nowhere, door leading to the ceiling. But I think she wanted to give like that mysterious vibe to the house. She wanted to follow through with her idea of like ever building based from her theosophist views. And she wanted to include Masonic influences in her in her mystery house just to like give a mysterious vibe to it and given the mysterious vibe okay it's mysterious and all that she formed a hobby for herself because she doesn't have a family of her own she has a lot of time she's a major stakeholder for the company so even though she doesn't work she's still receiving a lot of money so technically like she doesn't really have a lot of things to do so I think it's something to pass the time and to explore and also incorporate some some elements that she likes and add a personal flair to it. As for the mysterious part, like the paranormal events or something, I'd, I'd like to believe that there are no paranormal events, but it, it happens. It just happens. And I don't want to disregard what people have experienced there. And... To me, though, maybe, maybe something happened. Maybe, maybe she held seances because seances were pretty frequent back then. Even the White House held mm-hmm. seances there. So I won't be surprised if there were seances in the or she if she held seances in the Winchester House. But I don't really believe the the whole twelve a.m. come here and then two a.m. leave like. Guys, this this ain't your booty call. Like this is these are actually ghosts. And like, once you open a portal, based on my my research, once you open the portal, you can't just magically close it back. I mean, in a Ouija board, I guess some of it is possible, but usually they linger, like mm-hmm. they remain. And that's why I I don't want to deal with a Ouija board. Okay, and a planchette, nope. But also. I don't know. There's something comical about the fact that there are robes. That there are robes in the seance room. Like, what? I, I, you, you know, I don't think that robes would be applied for a seance room. Usually, I would I would think, okay, robes. Usually, that happens for people in, the, in secret societies, right? 
secret societies they have mason stuff they have robes and maybe like maybe in some satanic rituals they have robes too and i don't know it just feels so comical that by seance robe even if she didn't hold seances there and let's say it's just a typical mystery house the amount of activity that this house receives from their reputation that they're a haunted house people are gonna flock there and then they might open their own portals right true if you don't believe or if you're 50 50 or on the fence over sarah escaping spirits what do you think is her purpose in building all of this? I think to just ease her mind on things. Like the paranoia? Yeah. Like she was being paranoid by like mm. what's after her? Okay, yeah. that could be it. That could also be considered. So you think that Sarah was this bereft woman? Was really depressed? And in order to deal with her loss, built this huge house. Mm. Okay. All right. We'll have that. Okay, we'll have that opinion from you. Okay, I'd like to think, I'd like to hope that she wasn't depressed or she wasn't being haunted. She she was a millionaire. She was a, a woman millionaire. And you barely heard that. In the old days, usually women, they're, they're married off. They have little choice in what they do back then. And now when, well, her husband died. And of course, it is sad. It, it is sad at first. But she tries to look on the bright side of things. Maybe like she, she traveled to Europe after. There were some reports that she traveled to Europe. So taking the time to mourn and explore herself. And then after Europe, she moved to California to build a house that would be her legacy. I'd like to think that she wanted to leave a legacy behind that was also unique to her. This mystery house would have a lot of puzzles for you to solve and a lot of a lot of the clues there like the number 13 were also linked to her her name and her her entire legacy basically she kept herself busy she probably lived lived her life peacefully i mean i'd like to think that maybe she participated in some seances okay but we can't know for sure because how can you have proof of a seance from happening, right? But technically, when a seance happens, you don't really write down, Dear Diary, I had a seance today. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe if ever she did, but I don't think it's that big or grand or something. I do think that the house was built for her personal interest. That's how I view Sarah. There are a lot of legends that kind of like uh, dilutes the truth behind what really happened and again there are a lot of rooms there some of them probably unexplored i'm not sure we don't know we if if ever they really explored everything there because you know there might be some secret passageways or something there and like you don't know what the material is there probably like in a room of concrete maybe there are some wooden stuff above that caused the creaking or something i'm not sure like there's a lot of things that could could happen there but let's let's try to Keep it open. Maybe there's something there. Maybe there's nothing. It's a mystery. 
the mystery history. All right. And that's the end of our episode with the Winchester House. Thank you so much for listening. If you reach this point in the podcast episode, I'd like to say thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I hope um, you're able to keep an open mind about these things. That you know, we were able to look at the skeptic side and the paranormal side, right? Mm-hmm. If you like this episode, please make sure to rate us. And if you have any comments or something to say, you could always comment down. We're available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, and SoundCloud. So, like, leave a comment there, rate us in one of them. Show show your support if ever, and you know if you have your personal stories again. If you have your personal stories with the Winchester House that you would like to share, and which are close to what Dang has had experience, please message us. Like, let's keep this conversation going. Let's open up this community. You could contact us at in the mood podcast at gmail dot com. Oh wait, wait, wait. Um, the stuff that I have mentioned here, like the Winchester House, I am still working on making the Instagram profile for In the Mood podcast. So please stay tuned. I will let you know, guys. I will let you know once it's up. Okay, you could follow it, and I will also say the username, of course. Anyway, so <laughs> I guess that's it for our next episode. I'm gonna give you guys a sneak peek. It's gonna be true crime and particularly the inspiration for Leatherface. You know who this is? Ooh. Oh, Dang is already intrigued already. So, <laughs> guys, if you are also intrigued, stay tuned for the next episode next week. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Cheers and stay in the mood.